it was like 3.25 a.m. in the morning that he woke me up and basically said, get up and write down what I'm telling you. So I got up out of bed and got my pen and paper, and this is what the Lord says. My word is constant and never changes, but my spirit hovers over all of my creation and can bring changes to all. For my spirit is like the wind. It can quickly come in and change outcomes in your life. Believe my word for change, and my spirit shall move on my command to produce your heart's desire. Come quickly to me that I may bring my peace and comfort to your heart and mind. Rest in my word, and you will find rest in me. My desire is to hold you in my arms of love, to bring all that I have for you and your children, and nothing shall be able to hold it back from manifestation. For my word has complete authority over all, and it will produce what I, the Lord, have spoken. I am calling you to step out of the flesh and walk in my spirit. So, so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God or Christ. So let's read that together. Don't put the belief in there. And don't put the God in there right there where it's last and say. So faith, let me hear you. So faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Okay? We want to look at that. So this morning, we're going to talk about faith. Yes, sir. I think so. Can I turn this off? That is on. It was pretty interesting to just there we go. Where, where was that all about? Wow, the spirit of the Lord just come through there. So okay, but but we we had the high school and we. Uh, got to send a half-hour message from our youth to their youth over in India, and that was, that was really good. And another thing, Jackson's not here this morning, and I wished he was, because I wanted to give him some accolades that John, I mean that Tom, when Tom goes on Tuesdays uh, once a month, or I think it's once a month, and he feeds the, uh, the, the homeless in the South End, that most time he has somebody go with him to speak with him a little uh, for a little bit, and he didn't have anybody. So Jackson, his his grandson, who's in the seventh grade, stood up and spoke about what Pastor and I had been teaching him out of Psalms chapter one. So that was pretty good. And by the way, and by the way, he can he can fry some really good bacon. That bacon was really good yesterday. So we don't want Tom doing it anymore, and we don't want Jeff Heath doing it anymore because they just burn the bacon so bad you can't eat it. And so yesterday, and I think that all we really need is that bacon and them donuts, man. That was a good breakfast. Okay. Don't, no, we need the rest of it. Thomas said, okay, well, you know. All right. Hey, so, so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, or the word of Christ. Now, we talk a lot about faith, but do we enter into faith? And do we believe God? Because there's so many things that God speaks to us about. And I was in the shower this morning. And y'all remember, I tell you, God speaks to me when I'm in the shower. And I have this message all laid out. And I, and I give it to uh, uh, John. But 
boy, I thought, wow, Lord, you're about to change this thing on me. And he didn't change it, but I'm, I'm open in case that he does. And what he was about to change, I felt like, and he didn't. But you know what? We do not understand spiritual authority. And there was a time in this church that we understood spiritual authority. But we don't understand it no more. And it's something that maybe we have to go back through and we need to look at it again. Because there is an authority from God that he has given us that we have to maintain our lives by. And, you know, listen, we, we have to come out of the world. We are not to be like the world. We are to come out of the world. And understand something, there is no place in the kingdom of God for rebellion. And so the Lord was speaking to me about that. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, can I mix that in with the sermon? And he said, no, you can't, but I will. Okay. And I said, that's pretty good. I enjoy that. So let's, let's look over at, at uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to just look at a few things, and we're going to pray. And we're going to see what God says about these things. Now, John's going to bring up 11 through uh, uh, 6, and I'm going to read it. Chapter 11. Now, faith is the assurance of the, th- uh, uh, the substance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. For in the elders had witness born to them. Hey, listen, does anybody have a King James here? Give it to me. Yeah, evidence. I'm, hey, take that off, we John? Okay, here we go. Let, let me read this. Okay, here we go. Now faith. Everybody says, now faith. Okay, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. By it, he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now watch this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yeah, and, and what John put up there is not his fault. Okay, that's mine. But I just like the way... That, that the King James reads there, okay? And, and I don't have the King James in front of me here. I got the New American Standard. I like both of them, but the King James to me is better because listen to what it says. It says, now faith. Now faith. When you need faith, let me tell you when you need faith. 24-7, you need faith. You don't need it for the, over here and then over here and over here. You need faith all the time in your life. And faith should be a a consistent thing in your life. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, listen to what he says. He says that, that we are not to think any higher of ourselves than what we should because God has measured or allotted to each one of us a measure of faith. And that's a measure of his faith. So we have his faith. When Jesus curses the fig tree from the bottom to the top, 
And when they, when, when they are coming back the next day, the disciples say, look, this thing is cursed. And it is dried up and is withered. And Jesus said to this, he said, have faith in God. And that, the, the literal translation of that is, you have God's faith. Now understand something, the faith that God gave you when he allotted it to you is his faith. Okay, so he's saying now faith, when you need it, right, you always have faith. So use it when you need it because you have faith right now, when you need it, right now. It's always with you. And faith is not going to leave you because Christ is not going to leave you. Now you might try to leave him, but he's not going to, to leave you. Faith extends beyond our natural ability. I believe the only reason my grandson is still alive is because of people praying for him. I believe that the only reason that Sherry Kowalski is still alive is because people praying for him. I know that I was talking to Ruth back there, and she has a loved one who is not well, and I said, well, let's just pray and see what God says about this thing. Listen, faith extends beyond our natural ability. There's gifts, and one of the gifts is called the gift of faith. It's a faith that we can walk into where miracles take place. But each one of us have been giving, given a measure of faith. F.F. F. Bruce says this, Faith is the origin in which people can look into the invisible. How many of you want it to look into the invisible? The Bible teaches us about Abraham. It said Abraham looked into the thing that was not and brought, brought it right into his reality. Or he looked into, he, he, he put his hand in the invisible and brought the invisible right into his reality. I, I'm going to read again what Bruce says and listen to what he says. He says, faith is the origin in which people can look into the invisible. Trust in God all the time, at all times. Not when you just need him, but all times. The King James says it's a substance of things hoped for. Substance. Everybody say substance. Solid foundation. It's a solid foundation. You know, you know if you, you don't talk to your wife, you're not going to have a relationship with her, men. And, and women, you need to quit yelling at your husbands. Okay, you didn't get that. I was just out of jest, tongue in cheek. Okay, people aren't smiling at me at all. I'm sorry I brought that up. Okay. But we need to talk to each other. We're the same way with God. We need to talk with God. Right? And you know, it, and, and, and a woman told me one time, she said, I got so mad he yelled at God. Okay, I'm sure he's heard people yell at him before. Right? I sure have. And so what it is, substance, the solid foundation, the assurance of God. Now, I'm going to have John bring up Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. Now, watch this. I want you to see this. Verily I say unto you, what, what things whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And what things soever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let's go to the next one. In verse 19, again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven. Let's try 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. There, there, there it is right there. Just two people. Just three people. 
coming together with faith can bind whatever the enemy brings against you. There, there, is a, there is a spirit that's trying to invade this church. And it has touched some of you. And so I'm, I'm coming against that spirit in the name of Jesus. I'm coming against those things that want to stop the work, the work of the Lord. You know, listen, let, let me tell you something about spirits. Sometimes they get a hold of us and we don't realize it because we've just been in it so long. But if we allow God, he will teach us. Listen, God has called us to love one another. God has called us to esteem our brother higher than ourselves. And we don't do that. We have a hard time doing that. We don't esteem our brother higher than ourselves. We don't. But yet God calls us to do that. He says two or three are gathered together. They can bind anything that's on earth. He said, I'm telling you truly that if you will, by faith, enact what I am telling you in my word, he said, I'll be there for you. And so he's given us the formula on how to, how to do these things. He says there is a substance that is a solid foundation. And what is the substance? The things hoped for. The things hoped for. Listen, there's no point in faith if you can see it. There's no point in faith if you can see it. It's what you can't see that God wants to enact in your life. The things in which you, you, you think maybe are impossible for you to do, God's going to bring into your life. Listen, you know what? It, he's, th this young man, he's our grandson. You all know who he is if I told you who he was because people are praying for him. But we need to pray for one another exactly the same way. We, we need to feel pain when people's feeling pain. We need to feel happiness when people's feeling happy. We need to be able to have empathy for the body of Christ. Somebody give me a witness on that. And you know what? You don't have to take her out, Megan, because I'm glad to hear a baby cry. Okay? I'm glad to hear a baby cry. We've killed so many of them. Okay? Just let a baby cry. Somebody say amen to that. Sometimes don't let them cry. You know, sometimes get them out, but sometimes it's just good to hear. Somebody say amen to that. I mean, when, when we do a radio program at our house, we know Sammy's going to hear. Sammy's our dog, and he's going to stay quiet, okay, until we have that radio program. And so if, if you let him in, he might be nicer, okay, but he's going to be underfoot. But if you don't let him in, he's going to stand at that patio door, and, and, and he's going to bark. He's just going to bark. And so Lonnie and I have just got to the place where we let Sam bark, okay? If we go over to Lonnie and Vicky's house, they got a dog named Taylor. And we don't know when we're doing it, if Taylor's going to be in our lap or she's going to be. We don't know. But we know that Taylor's going to do something. And when we go over to uh, uh, Shane and Megan's, we know this. We're going to have two little girls that are going to be running around there, okay? And they're going to be either talking to mom and dad or they're going to do something. Or they got a white dog that just might jump on your lap. And you know what? We can just consider the source and let it happen. And as I listen to it, it just sounds like home to me. What do you, don't church just need to be home? Don't church just need to be someplace where we can go? Listen, let's have faith in God and let's start treating each other the way the Lord wants us to treat each other. I see that that would be the greatest thing. Only faith proves the Bible, the Word of God. If you don't have faith then this word of God doesn't mean nothing to you. It doesn't mean anything to you at all. And that's why we can come up with evolution. 
That's why we can come up with the different theories that we have because men don't believe in the God of the Bible, so therefore they don't read the God of the Bible, so therefore their foundation is not in the Word of God. So without faith, you can't understand the Bible. Without faith, you don't even want to read the Bible. But once faith is dropped inside of you, you should get a hunger for reading the Word of God. And if you start reading the Word of God, it starts off with faith. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Faith. In the beginning, God creates the heaven and the earth. Isn't that amazing? And then you got to have faith to believe that a man was made out of dust, that he was made out of ground. you got to have faith to believe that. Then you have to have faith to believe that God breathed in his nostrils the bread of life, and he became a living, which means no dying being. And you got to have faith to believe that. you got to have faith to believe that God put Adam to sleep and did a, did a surgery on him, took out a rib, and made a woman. you got to have faith to believe every single thing that is in the Bible. And if you don't have faith, then you don't have hope. Because let me tell you something, the only hope that we have today is in the Word of God. Because the world's not giving us any hope. When we look at the world, understand something, all we see is chlismatic events, and all we see is darkness and doom. All we see is just the world coming together in, in chaos and lawlessness like never before. But if you have faith in God, you see how it all comes together. I, I love what, what the Lord said about John. Hey, you know what he said about John? He said, he said about John, he said, John isn't going to die until he sees the kingdom of God. Everybody said, well, is he going to live forever? No, no, no. What, did he see the kingdom of God? Sure did. God put him on Patmos. And there God opened up heaven to him. He saw everything from the beginning to the end. You say, why is Revelation written the way it is? Because God said, I want you to see the beginning, the middle, and the end. And there he was. John got to see the whole kingdom of God. And because he couldn't die. They tried to boil him in oil and he wouldn't cook. They tried to give him poison and he wouldn't die. Why? Because Jesus said before he dies, he's going to see the kingdom of God. And so by faith he lived. And he hoped that God would uh, uh, reveal to him the kingdom of God. All right, here we go. Let's stay with us for a minute. Only faith proves the Bible. And listen, faith is the only evidence that we can rely on. Because let me tell you something about faith. Everybody say faith. It's our title deed to heaven. It's our title deed to glory. Faith. Only faith proves the Bible. Nothing else. Verse 2 says this, says, Faith enables people in the past to overcome and be able to live in the present. There's people that their sins go before them all day long, people who are Christians, and their sins are always going before them. Uh, it, it's an amazing thing to me. Faith enables people in the past to overcome. The approval is the confirmation of God. And listen, their approval can only be, fi uh, be finished by, by us. Now, I want you to go over with me, if you would, and I'm going to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 39 and 40. I'm, I'm, I'm not together as I usually am. I know that. I feel that. So you're saying, is there something wrong with him? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just not together as much as I usually am, but maybe it'll get there. Now, I want you to watch this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 39 and 40, I want you to watch this. All of, all of these, these are the men of old who have gained approval in the sight of God. 
all these having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they should be made perfect. Therefore, since we, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witness surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let me, let me tell you something about these Old Testament saints. Hey, do, do another. Turn over to John. John chapter 4. I have to be obedient. I, I can't stay with these notes for some reason today. And if you would, I want you to go over with me to John chapter 4, and I'm going to start at verse 35. Okay? I'm sorry, John. I know you worked hard. John worked hard on this message for me today. Okay? But I did tell you, didn't I, John, that it, it might be changed, and I'm going to let God do it. Okay? Jesus is talking, talking to the woman at the well. And he has told her things, and she goes and she evangelizes to the city. When the disciples come back, or when the people of the church come back, because people in the church don't understand the things of God. It's amazing to me. Why is hypocrisy in the church of God? Why is, it, it, why is self-centeredness in the, in the church of God? Why? Why are all these things in the church of God that are? And, and why is there griping and grumbling and gossip in the church? Why? Because it's a, ta it's a tactic of the Antichrist system to destroy the church from within. And we don't understand that. This church right here, listen to me, if we will allow God to use us, he'll use us in a mighty way. And we've all felt that. Now listen, when Jesus has preached to this woman, and she is going back into the city, and she is, is going to evangelize that city. When the disciples come back, listen to what they say. Are you hungry? He said, no, I'm not hungry. I have food that you don't know anything of. They have no idea what he's talking about. And I think in the church sometimes, just preaching, we have no idea what we're doing. And so here's what he says. And, they, and here, here's what he says to them. Do not say, verse 35, he says, do not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Behold, I say to you, let, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white with harvest. They're already ripe. Now look what he says. He says, already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice. Now I want you to look at this verse right here, rejoice together. Now look at verse 37. For in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Right? Do you all see that? And in verse 38, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Who were they that labored? It was those old men of faith that labored and labored and they died not receiving the promise. And what was the promise? The promise was Jesus Christ, Messiah coming, that Abraham started to preach about when he first comes on the scene. That Melchizedek comes to Abraham, the high priest of God, and took a, a tenth of Abraham's spoil so that Abraham might be a blessing to him and a blessing to the kingdom. God wants us to be a blessing. 
And yet Abraham then starts to preach the gospel. And let me tell you something. When you hear that word gospel, it only pertains to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that the gospel was first preached to Abraham. So what was that? Abraham is preached about the Messiah coming. He's looking for the Messiah. And he also knows this, that the Messiah is going to come through his descendants. How many of you understand that? And so what happens, he's coming through his descendants. And God says to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. And Abraham says, okay, Isaac's about 13 years old. And so he takes, he takes two men besides his son, and he takes uh, uh, enough for the sacrifice, and he comes to one spot, and he stops. And listen to what he says to these young men. He says, you stay here. He said, me and my son are going to go over to that mountain. We are going to sacrifice, and then we're coming back. That's what he said. And so, then, and so what happens is they're walking along and Isaac says, Dad, here's the fire, here's the wood, where's the sacrifice? And listen to what Abraham said. Abraham said, God will provide for himself a lamb. Abraham was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that thicket there was a ram that was sacrificed. Pay attention to this if you would. In that thicket there's a ram that is to be sacrificed. Because Abraham knew this one thing, that Messiah was coming. Messiah was going to die on the cross for the sins of mankind, for his sins and every man before him and every man after him. And so he has this prophetic saying, and he says this, he says, God will provide for himself a lamb. How many of you understand that Abraham knows that if he takes the life of his son, God is going to raise his son from the dead because God said the promise of the Israelites is coming through that boy. And so what happens is Abraham believes God and will not waver in his faith. And God provides for himself a lamb. And who was the lamb? The Lord Jesus Christ. But listen to me. Abraham planted the seed. Abraham planted the seed. We don't get it. David plants the seed. Isaiah plants the seed. Jeremiah plants the seed. Daniel plants the seed. Amos plants the seed. Joel plants the seed. They're planting the seed. Enoch started to plant the seed before the flood. Understand these things, people. They planted a seed. And what was the seed? Jesus Christ and Him crucified. They knew that the Messiah was coming and they planted the seed so Israel would know when Jesus came. And yet Jesus came and they did not receive him because they would not receive him. It wasn't because they didn't know, it's because they wouldn't receive him. And Jesus looks at those disciples and he said, you're going to reap what you did not sow. And so he said, what you're going to reap is what those Old Testament saints planted by faith. And the Bible approved of that faith. The Lord approved that faith through his word. And here's what the writer of Hebrews says. It says, those men were not worthy. I mean, today we're not worthy of those men. Because of what they did. Isaiah is put in a hollow log and sawed in two. 
Daniel's thrown into a lion's den. The three Hebrew children are thrown into a fiery furnace. Men died. The Bible says this, that, that, that women called some of their people back to life. The women did because the, the women weren't dying at that time. The men were because of the word of God. And listen to what it said. It said some of those women received back their dead, but some of them would refuse to come back because what they had obtained was better. Do we not understand what people have planted for us and the approval of God. And listen to what it says in Hebrews. And I'm going to read it again. It says 39 and 40 are those people who planted. And all these having gained approval through their faith. Did not receive what was promised. Because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us they should not be made perfect. And so then we're going to go right into chapter 12. Because that should stay in chapter 11. Therefore everybody say therefore. Therefore, what? What, was, what took place in 39 and 40? Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Who are that? That's the Old Testament saints. The Old Testament saints right now. You know what the Old Testament are saying? Hey, walk by faith in the Lord. Give up your petty arguments. Let the Lord take care of your mouth. Let God come in inside and just be king and let him be Lord of all. God will work out the problems for us if we just believe him. Somebody say amen to that. We just need to believe him. This, this, this faith that people has, that God has given us, it'll overcome the world. What the Bible says is that what has overcome the world is our faith. This is important, and I want you to hear this. The Jewish Christians were discouraged and thought about giving up on Jesus and Christianity. They did. So the writer here uses the Old Testament men of faith that they had one thing in common. And you know what it was? Their faith in God. Their faith in God. And it was this faith that pleased God. It was the same faith. And do you understand that this faith that pleases God, one day God's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for those who have faith. He's coming, he's coming back for those who live in him. One day, you know the Bible says, it says that a trumpet's going to sound. And that trumpet's going to be so loud, it's going to raise the dead. It's going to shake the world. It's an amazing trumpet, and the last trumpet shall sound. And the Bible says, and the dead in Christ shall rise. And we who are left shall, and remain shall be caught away to be with the Lord in the air. That's an amazing thing to me because who are that? Them are the people of faith. Them are the people of faith who are really looking for the coming of the Lord. You have to get inside of yourself and go deep down inside and ask yourself, if the Lord was to come today, would he be pleased with you? You have to ask yourself that. With the, is the Lord pleased with your ministry? Is the Lord pleased with the way you work on your job? Is the Lord pleased with the way your life is being? When God asks me those questions, man, I take an inventory check really quick. You know what the Lord spoke to me this morning, and here's what he said to me. He said, I don't want you to wait till, till uh, 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 worship. I want you to get on your face before me now. Because he was telling me, he says, there's things, he said, that need to be taken care of. And I want them taken care of this church. And the reason why I want them taken care of, because I want last day revival like we've never seen before. I would love it. And, and, and I covet this for, for Hosanna. I would love it to say, you know what, it started here first. I'd love that. I'd love, I'd love to see this church, man, full of sinners. 
and people coming to know the Lord. I, I'd love to see so many people who aren't saved coming to this church that you'd have to give up your chair and stand around the wall, uh, the walls in order to see people saved. Yeah, I, I, I believe that, you know, but I'm going to ask you this. Would you give up your chair? You see, that's, a, that's another thing. Would you give up your chair for somebody to sit down? Hey, what, how would you feel if they came in and they didn't smell so good? How would you feel if they came in and they hadn't had a bath for about two weeks? Come on, people. You already know how you feel inside. But those are the people that God's going to get a hold of that are going to turn the world around. The people that are outcasts. How many of you know God loves outcasts? Yet we don't. The church needs to love outcasts. Now, verse 3, uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to read verse 3 to you. If John wants to bring it up, he can. By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that, what, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And so God works in the invisible. It pleases the Lord to be able to work in the invisible. By faith we understand. Now everybody say that word understand. Do you know when it says by faith that we understand, here's what it means. That the word of God is in us and faith is speaking through us. That's what it is. And so that by faith we understand. And we need to understand what day we live in. We need to understand what condition that we're in. And we need to understand that Jesus Christ is about to return. And we need to understand if ever there was a time we're living in the last of the last days, it is this day. This dispensation is about to come to an end. I'm not a dispensationalist, and so I'm not going to get into that. But this time of the Holy Ghost is about to come to an end. It started at Calvary, and it is about to come to an end. And there is going to be a time ushered in, and only those who know the Lord is going to be able to stand. Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars. He said there will be famines in divers places which means that's, that's uh, in many, many places. There'll be earthquakes. He went on through it. He said wars, rumors of wars. He said earthquakes. He said famine. He goes through the whole thing. He said the love of many will grow cold. He said, and, and listen to what he says. He said, but that's not the end. He said, that is birth pain. He said, that's the starting. And we see that already. We see that our schools, they're not allowed to pray in our schools. We see that we, we now have uh, brought in abortion into our everyday lives as if it's something that's common and it should be. It shouldn't be. We have this transgender thing like it's just out of proportion and it's an amazing thing. And we have just brought all of the humanism and the secularism in and we have just learned how to live with it. Let me tell you something. God doesn't want you to live with that. God doesn't want you to agree with that stuff. What God wants you to do and what God wants me to do is agree to his word and it's his word that's going to abide forever. I want you to hear some of these things before I quit. Listen, the world is passing away and the things therein are passing away. How many of you know that? But the word of God will never pass away. It's never going to pass away. God made us so that we are able to exist in this world. And here's what he give us. He give us a faith in order to exist in this world, his people, that we can look into the invisible, that thing which does not exist, and bring it right into our reality. We can do that because he has given us that through faith. And, and I love that. In, in Genesis 1 and 3, I like this. God spoke and said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. 
God spoke and he said, let there be light. And there was light. Listen to what he said in Genesis 1-3. He said, son, I want you to speak. God spoke. And then he says to his son, son, I want you to speak. His son is light. The sun, moon, and stars is not created until the fourth day. And God spoke and said, let there be light. And the light of his son shone. And he shone through the prism of heaven. And anytime you take light and you shine it through a prism, all different colors are made through that prism. And when God took the light of his son and shone it through the prism of heaven, then all, all colors came into existence. God is truth. God is life. Isn't that amazing? He spoke and he said, let it be. Do you know he's still speaking? And he's speaking into our life. And he's saying this. He said, this is what I want you to do. Let it be. And he says this. He said, if you can believe, you can look into the invisible realm and bring it right into your reality. Because here's what God's saying. He's saying, I am reality. He's saying, I am the invisible God. But if you'll touch me, he said, I'll come into your reality. Listen, God spoke and said, let there be light. I love this. I love reading Revelation, and I love reading the last two chapters, 21 and 22. And I like it where it says this. It says God is light, okay? And it says that the Son and the Father will be the illuminating light that lights up heaven. And it'll light up everything around it, okay? And it's going to light up the new Jerusalem, the city. And yet if you go out there and you, you look into the sun, it'll fry your eyes, and yet Jesus will outshine the sun until this Jesus is so bright that the sun is going to look like a little dark speck compared to his brightness, but yet you're going to be able to look right into his face. Isn't that amazing? There will never come a night because the Lamb of God is the light of heaven and a light of the new Jerusalem. And isn't that amazing? He's going to illuminate everything and you can look right into his face. Wow, that's, that's an amazing thing to me. God is light, God is faith, and God, God wants us to live by faith. I want uh, 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 Psalms 33 and verse 6 and verse 9 brought up, if you would. I want you to look at this. This is, this is the Lord. By the word of Jehovah, by the word of God, were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. How about that? Now bring up verse 9. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. All he has to do is speak. Listen, all he has to do is speak into your life the things, if you'll just give them to him. If you'll give them to him. I'm giving him this church right now. I've always given him this church. It's always been his. But I'm giving it to him, and I'm, and I'm going to tell you what I've done. I have placed every one of you on the altar of God. I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, Lord, I don't think I'm doing too good. And so I just need to take all of these people and I just need to place them on your altar. Because, Lord, I, I'm just being, I'm just going to give you my heart. Lord, I don't think I'm doing too good here, okay? But I know that you can. I, I know that you can bring the victory. I know where there's darkness, Lord, you can bring the light. And I know that your light will overpower any darkness that comes into this place. Lord, I cannot make people love people, but you can I can't do that. Lord, I can't heal people, but you can. I can't deliver people, Lord, but you can. Lord, I can't save people, but you can. And so I'm saying, I'm saying Lord, I want you to use me. I, I'm telling you, some of my most exciting times right now is in school when we're having chapel. When we're having chapel. 
you know what, we, had, we, have, we have young people that's terribly em embarrassed and, and they don't want to stand and sing in front of each other or don't want to stand and do anything in front of each other and, and uh, because Pastor and I have, been tried, have tried to be as transparent as we can be, these kids now are standing up and they're singing and it's good, isn't it? And you know what they're singing and they love? I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise, right? I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. And then the second song that they're singing is Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Listen to me, people. I'm enjoying that. That is the best part of my life. And why is that the best part of my life? Because I see God doing something in these young people because the staff here is, is just pouring themselves into the, the, the youth that we have here. We have Noah, who we're going to lay hands on here in a minute, that, that the Dorees have started their own church. Austin's not with us, and we're going to miss Austin. We're going to miss the other two, too, but we're really going to miss Austin. They're listening to that. They got that. But we're going to install Noah because Noah said, I'll work with those youth, and Noah come by the school, and he talked to him. Listen to me. I am telling you that's called faith. Listen, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. And then it, for he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. God will speak into our life. Can you say amen to that? Praise the name of the Lord. I'm about to get done here because I feel the Lord telling me to hurry up. Okay. Verse 6. Without faith. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. To please him without faith. So I'm going to put it this way. When you got saved, God give you a measure of his faith. Now watch what I'm going to say. When you don't use that measure of faith that God has given you, he's not pleased. He's not pleased. He's not pleased. Now look what it says. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. He who believes, he who comes to God, everyone in this room, must believe that he is. In Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, here's what it says. What does the word say? What is, what is a faith is near you, even in your mouth? That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You're, you're saved by faith. Grace was given to you by faith, not by works. Not by works. You can work till the cows come home and not make heaven. But hey, listen to this, what James says. James says, after you're saved, that God made works for you beforehand. He prepared them beforehand. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, okay, that God prepared for us beforehand. Yeah, he did. And what does he want? He wants us all to come together and do good works. And what is that? By faith that God does that. Stand with us this morning. I know this is probably one of the poorest messages I've ever preached. Yeah, it is. I understand that. But I got a lot of things in my heart. 
I do. I'm sad. I am. I don't want to be sad, but I'm sad. I am. I, I think parents are sad when their kids don't get along. And I'm not saying you don't get along, but I'm sad. And the reason why I'm sad is because I want, I want the Lord to have this place. I want the Lord to have our school. We got a little girl that's not doing well. And instead of just letting her by the wayside, everybody on staff is taking to pray for her. So what can we do? How can we do this? What can we do? Because she, God give her to us. So what can we do? We got a little boy. He's just, he's just out there, isn't he? He's a good little boy. But the whole staff, we're saying, what can we do? How can we touch this little boy? And we're doing it. And we're doing it. And, and we're, we're, we're touching this little girl. And that's the delight of, that I'm taking. But my heart gets sad. And the reason why my heart gets sad is because there's so much that we can do for the Lord if we just come together. If we just come together. We have to. We have to. I, I, I wasn't prepared today. I tried to get prepared, but I couldn't get prepared. I couldn't. People listen to me. I want to see revival. I want to see people saved. And if I'm in the way, I'm going to ask God to remove me. I'm going to ask God to remove me. If I'm in the way, I'm going to ask Him to remove me. Because I just want to see people saved. I want to see people come to the Lord. I, I know that we're living in the last of the last days. I just want to see God move. 